I think if you did a poll of British people, more people would know more words from Kate Bush's Wuthering Heights than the national anthem. Really? I reckon. That's insane. Because it goes, it goes, da, 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 da. that's the first word, isn't it? Da, 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 da. <laughs> I mean, I've never heard it. I don't know. <laughs> well, when you hear it, you'll, you'll go, oh, that's the word that Hannah was saying. Da, 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 da. I mean, I can't believe, never heard it. Yeah, I am like baffled by this. It just, I don't know. It was 1978 when it was a hit overseas. Not over here. Americans put America first, you know? Like, we will play American music before we will start pulling in international. Especially in the 70s and 80s. Like, yeah. But then also, I mean, now I'm very um, particular with my music. Like, I only listen to, like, artists that I like and then artists that sound like the artists that I like. So I feel like a lot of music passes me by, to be honest. So, yeah, should I listen to this song? Stick it on. Okay, I pulled it up on YouTube, and I got some trees in front of me. I'm Now I'm wondering where she filmed this, because this doesn't look like it would be... Anyway, let's just listen. <laughs> I can't hear it. Can you oh, hear I can! Hmm. <laughs> I don't know oh! <laughs> I mean, I was not expecting that. I oh, her voice. I was not expecting that. <laughs> oh, I wish I could see your face. I mean, Welcome to Bonnets at Dawn, the only podcast where one host hasn't heard Kate Bush's Wuthering Heights and one host hasn't seen the music video. And then we discuss that instead of doing anything useful with our time. I'm your host, Hannah Chapman. I'm Team Bronte and very much Team Kate Bush. Oh, wow. You're Team Bronte? Oh, is that what I said? Season two really is upside down. No! (laughs) Uh, beep it out. I mean, oh, welcome I mean. to season two, everyone. I am your host, Lauren Burke. I am Team Bronte. Is there a Team Austin? Not anyone. Unclear. We're just going to elect someone from the Facebook group to be Team Austin now. I don't think I can represent after that disgusting display. I know. I know. Wow. Sorry, wow. All Bronte down. podcast. So... I have just listened to and watched Kate Bush's Wuthering Heights for the very first time. I didn't know there were two versions of the music video. I Guys. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Red dress, white dress. I mean, the best version is the white dress one, I think. The, the studio version with the multiple Kate Bushes doing the dance. I vote yes on that. As far as the song goes, I was definitely not expecting that. it's so hard because like i think that song is older than i am and i don't it is yeah it came out in 1978 i can't remember a time before listening to that song Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. like it just it is what it is 
and it is beautiful. I, I really yeah. like it. I really enjoyed listening to it one and a half <laughs> times this evening. <laughs> through the through the speakers. I like the sound um, quality wasn't good. I through <laughs> Skype. But um yeah, big big fan of that. Big fan of that song. I um reviewing the lyrics, I feel like the song, yeah. I feel like it makes sense. What's kind of funny is I was reading some articles about the song before we started taping tonight. And um, there was sort of like this behind the scenes with like producers and everything talking about, you know, it was like an oral history of the song. And this one producer was just like, I was like, yeah, what is the song about? I don't know. So mysterious. <laughs> and I'm like, it's about the book Wuthering Heights. <laughs> not mysterious at all and then like a few paragraphs later he was like yeah and then once i like read the lyrics i was like totally get it now and i'm like oh my god <laughs> jeez people but um yeah kate bush uh, wrote it when she was 17 or 18 really yeah under uh, under a full moon oh after seeing the last 10 minutes i think of a wuthering heights uh either the miniseries or the movie i don't know how much i believe this story I mean, this is what's in the oral history. Have you ever, if you ever tried to do anything by the light of a full moon? I've only only got drunk once. You actually, you can see very little. I feel like books where it's like, by the light of the moon, they did this complicated thing. And I'm like, nope. Not buying it? Nope. Well, I will say one more spooky thing about the song. What? Um... Well, not really about the song, but Kate Bush was born on uh, July 30th, which is uh, also Emily's birthday. That? No. Yes. And also, one more thing. I was due on July 30th, but I was born on July 6th. That, I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't, that's not, that's not. It doesn't count. doesn't right. count. <laughs> no. Just saying. Like, Just I saying. could, I could say like, oh, well, I was due on christmas day mm -hmm. the day that jesus was born but i actually was born in february you could say that it's arbitrary <laughs> <laughs> that was an experience people have been sending since we started the podcast people have been sending me that video and i have not been watching it <laughs> i'm so, so upset I'd... that we didn't record a video of you for like some reaction blog on youtube it's probably for the best because i have like a little bit of a cold and i'm kind of losing my voice as you guys will notice so i look terrible um so no no it's for the <laughs> best that we're not doing any video right now <laughs> <laughs> i just look awful guys but um anyway welcome to season two we're back we are back yeah i promise i am really still team austin okay if you if you really swear, I really don't want to be Team Bronze. <laughs> and you have such a good Team Austin episode coming up in a couple of weeks too. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty good. So um, yeah, it would be a shame for you to abandon them now. No, I can't. I won't. I will never. Okay, good. Well, um, we let off that. <laughs> this preview episode I guess with that little Wuthering Heights bit because um as you guys know this year is the bicentenary of Emily Bronte's birth 
And we are doing a special series of programs focused on understanding the enigma that is Emily Bronte, which I'm very, very excited about because I think she's, she's my favorite Bronte. She's not my favorite writer, maybe. Mm-hmm. Unclear. It's hard to decide. But I do have just like, I am just really quite obsessed with Emily. So this is going to be great for me. You're going to gonna love it. I can't, well, I'm going to love I'm this. Gonna, I'm going to read Wuthering Heights this year. So, Are you? Yeah. I feel oh, like I'm it's excited. a given. Come on. Okay. I'm very excited. I I think this is going to lead to many a strange 2 a.m. conversation. Mm, I'm nervous about those dogs. Yeah, you should be. You should be nervous about the whole thing, honestly. <laughs> Um, so first up for our Emily 200 programming, we are going to be welcoming back Amy Rowbottom from the Bronte Parsonage to the show. Um, Amy and I, a couple weeks ago, we had like a three hour recording <laughs> and we you guys, just gossiped. You guys can just and chat. But like we can. Stop. Love, love Amy. So she will be on the show in a couple weeks and she'll be telling us all about, you know, what's going on at the Bronte Parsonage, sort of her take on Emily And um, yeah, I'm very, very excited for that little interview. We also have uh, Judith Pascoe and Deborah Lutz coming on this season. Now, they're both authors, and I highly recommend that you check out their books. Um, Deborah Lutz wrote The Bronte Cabinet. I like just grabbed it just now, as if you guys could see me. (laughs) This book, this book right here. Um, Hannah and I are definitely going to read it. We're not going to do an official read along or anything with that. But if you guys have read it or you're meaning to read it, I highly recommend picking it up, um, sending us any questions that you have about the book. And we will go ahead and um, ask the author when she comes on. Judith, I've already taped our interview. So sorry, guys. I've already asked all the questions. But her book, um, Emily on the Bullet Train, is fascinating. It's all about Wuthering Heights in Japan and how like insanely popular Emily is overseas. Yeah, so, that's yeah. so it's so interesting the way that things that things get picked up. We should find out what the Japanese word for anglophile is. Ooh, good one, good one. I will ask Judith that over Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get to the bottom of that one. So yeah, highly recommend you guys pick up those books. Um I'll be posting links on our Twitter and Facebook and, you know, Instagram, all that good stuff. And um, as you guys also already know, at the end of the year, we will be doing a panel about Emily at the Bronte Parsonage. Yeah, so we're going back. We're going back to Howard. Very excited. Um, that will be my only international trip this year, too. So I'm, I'm going to be ready to go. I'm going to be ready to go. <laughs> Are you going to be ready to just, like, drink with me, Hannah, go out all night, and just party hard? You're not going to party hard. You you know, I'm always, <laughs> I am there. I'm ready. I'm ready to do very little in the moonlight because there's not enough, you know, light to see anything. Um, sure. I'm ready to karaoke. I'm ready mm-hmm. to drink some beers. I'm in. And you're going to be asleep by half past nine. I mean, true, true. We'll party very hard until nine o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And um, we're not sure quite what day we're going to be at the Parsonage. It's looking like the first, one of the first two weekends in December. So, yeah. 
end of the year. Um, it'll be kind of a good time for us to go because the kind of all the stuff will be unveiled at that point at the parsonage because they yeah. are just like unveiling new bits and pieces for Emily throughout the year. Um, so we'll be there at the tail end and we will be doing a panel with um, some staff and some friends of the show who we will, we will announce later. And um, we also would like to do like a pub quiz or something, depending on how many people we can get to come up there with us. So if you are planning a trip to the Parsonage this year to celebrate Emily's uh, bicentenary, then yeah, maybe plan to come along in December and see us there at the same time. Yeah, we're going to party hard. We're going to go to the Black Bull, maybe do some pub quiz and maybe do some Wuthering Heights karaoke. Yes. It's Which, just it's just everyone has to sing Wuthering Heights. Just one after another one in honor of Emily. Yeah. And then we can all go out to the moors and recreate that dance. <laughs> <laughs> Which you haven't seen. Which I haven't, you seen. haven't seen the video. So I'll just be mimicking everyone else doing it and it'll be it'll be like Wuthering Heights inception. Yes. Oh, I like this. I like this art piece that we have going on. <laughs> It's like it's intentional. Nothing we do is intentional. No, it's not. So yeah, so we got the Emily stuff going on this year. Hannah, what else do we have happening for Bonnet to Dawn season two? So in season two, for one month only, we are taking on America's Sweetheart. Is she? I don't know if she's America's Sweetheart. We're taking on... I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good. It's fair. We're taking on Louisa May Alcott. Do you get mm-hmm. it? May, Louisa May, Alcott, in May, the month. Good. I'm glad yeah. we're all on board. So <laughs> to kick off a little bit about Louisa May Alcott, to give you a little groundwork for what's going on in preparation for reading uh, the book Eight Cousins, or I think it's On Aunt Hill. Oh. I think that's the other name for it. That's oh. the book we're going to be reading. And we're going to be watching... Uh, the Little Women adaptation that just aired in the UK in December on the BBC. And I think it's PBS for you guys. Yes. So we're going to have a watch along. We're going to be doing some reading. We're going to find out all about this woman because there's so much going on in Louisa May Alcott's life that kind of crosses over with the Brontes. And I guess, uh, you know, she's a woman. So so <laughs> was Jane Austen. There you go. That's a similarity. <laughs> <laughs> So I've got five very small facts just to get you in the mood to whet your appetite for May. So fact number one, Alcott has got more in common with the Brontes and Gaskell than she does with Austin in that she did travel. So she was born in America, but she did travel around travel around Europe and she was a big kind of supporter of... She, she really thought that, that travelling was something that was very valuable for people to do and actually when you mm-hmm. read her novels it's something that a lot of her characters do so they'll go away for a time and they come back and they've had these world changing experiences Alcott didn't go to Europe until she's in her mid 30s and the first oh. trip she made was in 1865 and she went as a lady's companion with a wealthy merchant family and then by the time she returned in 1870 she had money of her own she was famous and she actually wrote Little Men in Rome Oh, very cool. Yeah, I think that's really cool. So I know that, nothing about her, so this is all like really fresh to me. What's really funny, actually, is that there's so much of it, and I'm like, oh, her and Gaskell would have been great friends. Like, totally. really good friends. 
totally. Uh, she actually wrote under a pseudonym for a little bit. Fact number oh. two. She wrote under the name A.M. Bernard. And she wrote like these pulpy, passionate stories that I like to think Catherine Morland would have been excited by. Oh, interesting. And they were these like really kind of rompy, saucy tales. And she only wrote a few of those. And then she kind of eventually went on to to more focus on on writing for children because that's where that's where her success was. It's probably where the coin was for her, yeah. Exactly. Uh, her parents were transcendentalists, which is an American philosophical movement from the early 20th century. And it kind of shares some teachings with, can you guess what? Um, oh, with Unitarians? Yes, Unitarianism. <gasps> Interesting. And her, I think her father was a minister, wasn't he? Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, he was. He was some sort of like, I just know that he was some sort of like religious figure and knew a lot of famous people. Well, yeah, so they, but I think from what I could see as well, transcendentalism um, didn't have a very long lifespan. It was only a couple of decades that it was mm-hmm. like a popular movement. Um, okay. And again, it's, it's a philosophical movement rather than like a religious, religious. order. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, fact number four. Like my gal Jane, uh, she didn't marry. She never got married. But she did have a number of romantic encounters. And so when we start doing our um, Lose My Alcohol episodes, we will dig into that a little bit. But I've got this great quote that I want to leave you with because it's so saucy and it just makes going to make you think a lot. Uh, so the quote is, I am more than half persuaded that I am a, that I am a man's soul put by some freak of nature into a woman's body because I have fallen in love so many with so many pretty girls and never once the least bit with any man oh yeah she was cool she was was cool I am looking forward to her she is definitely a bonnet to dawn gal you know yep she's an abolitionist she was a feminist she um didn't believe in these enforced gender roles. She was a big fan of women being robust and healthy and kind of taking charge of their lives and uh, not prescribing to these attitudes of like women are decorative or do you know what I mean? She's just, yeah. she, she really wanted to live her that, life. Like we just sort of read little women in school or I just sort of read little women in school in like fifth grade and um, we don't really get to learn about Louisa May Alcott. We don't really get to dig into her life or what she was all about. And that really saddens me. If you, well, got, if anyone out there is teaching English in the U.S. and you do, like, please let us know because I'm really curious to, well, to hear if anyone else like goes outside of Little Women. Well, Lauren, you don't have to go outside of Little Women. Did you know that it's autobiographical? I did not know that. It's hugely based on her life with her sisters and um the house what's the house called march house is based on the orchard which is or orchard house i can't remember the house name mm-hmm. um orchard house which yeah. is where she lived nice and a lot of experiences a lot of people that she met um the character of joe is basically louisa may alcott much more than when when we read um austin's work and we're kind of saying like oh maybe she's putting some of herself in here like very right. much like with the Brontes, she's writing about her own experiences. So if you have read Little Women, then maybe have a think about um, Joe's attitudes, the the life experiences that different characters have, and then that should give you a bit of an idea of just what was going on um, in Alcott's life. And then I've got one last fact, mm-hmm. and that is 
more than any of the writers that we have looked at so far or possibly will look at in the course of the show. Louisa May Alcott wrote the most books on the planet ever. She wrote 18 novels, 17 collections of short stories, seven short stories slash novelettes, and she wrote poetry. Okay, wow. Super prolific. Yeah, super prolific. And she, she, yeah, she was just writing all the time. She wrote travel fiction when she was going around Europe. Oh, nice. In the 70s, she wrote, she wrote, um, I think she wrote 60 short stories set in um, 10 volumes. Oh, man. Like six volumes of 10 stories. Yeah, she just, she was just writing constantly. Um, which I did really not know about the travel fiction. I would like to, this is like future Bonnet's a Dawn plan. But we should really tackle um, women's travel writing. Yeah. That would be great. It'd be great to look into some of that. Um, if you want okay. to have a look at any of her travel writing, then I'd recommend Shawl Straps, which is the collection based on her okay. around Europe. Awesome. A, I will. She was adventurous as well. She didn't just write about the things that were happening to her. She, she made experiences happen. She arranged things that would be interesting. She went for a ride around London on um, a mail van, I think. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So she was just really active and cool and interesting. And I wish we could talk about her for more than a month. Well, maybe we will. Maybe we will. But we're not just looking at Louisa May Alcott this year, are we? No, we are not. We are not. What's her name, Lauren? um... What's the name of the other person? Because I can't say it. This is crazy. (laughs) I had never had trouble pronouncing this name before. (laughs) And then... Hannah can't say it, and now suddenly I can't say it, and she's one of my favorite authors. So I can't remember it. I can like I can see it on the screen, and I could say it, but I just if I wasn't looking at it, I wouldn't remember it. <laughs> so later on this year, we are going to tackle Frances Hodgson Burnett. Did I say it? Did I say it right? Keep freaking myself out about it. So um, you guys know. Francis, you know that she wrote my favorite book, The Secret Garden, which really got me into reading and got me interested in gothic fiction. Um, yeah, she just it just seemed really natural to cover Francis because like Louisa May Alcott, she had a fascinating life and she has this prolific body of work that no one talks about. Yeah, I'm just so mad. Like everyone just talks about Little Women and Secret Garden and they have so many other things out there Pride and um, <coughs> so yeah but it's worse with these guys right because they don't have a fandom really built up around them the same way that austin and bronte do and really their work is you know it's it's similar it's mm-hmm. it's in the same vein people would love it like i'm like if you guys like austin and bronte you're gonna love these guys and you should be reading them if you haven't already I don't think American fiction is as big an export into England as uh, to the UK as British fiction is to America. True. I think that's very true. I find it interesting, though, that um, you had not, like, that you read Louise May Alcott as a child. Yeah. And I did not read anything besides the Little Women. Like, you read the other books. Well, when I, when I was um, looking looking up some uh, information about her actually when I realized just how much she had written and how little I have read I was I was shocked but also it's worth remembering as well that for the longest time I had no clue 
that old fashioned girl, Rose and Bloom and Eight Cousins were written by the person that wrote Little Women. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it wasn't a thing that. And did you read me. Little Women? Yeah, I think I have read it. I have read it. Okay. Okay. And I've like, I've seen it and it happens at the Little House on the Prairie. I always bring it back to that. Like, yeah. It's a storyline in that, that one of the girls plays Joe and she cuts her hair off in the Little House on the Prairie. But. Yeah. But you have not read The Secret Garden, which I feel is like classic. Like it's a Brit- British book. I've seen the movie. Oh man. And Crazy. I got my I got my niece the little princess for Christmas. You did. It's true. I read some of that, but she didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's still too young. She's only six. <laughs> well, Frances um is British. She was born in Manchester, our favorite place, in 1849. Now, her father died, and her and her mother were sort of in a desperate situation. So they had to leave in 1864, and they came over to America. And they lived in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And they lived in, like, a log cabin. Like, just super, super poor. Why Tennessee? Why did they move to America? I think her mother, um, her relatives were from Tennessee. Uh, okay. So, yeah, I mean, but Tennessee does feel really random. Yeah. It doesn't. Now, we're going to get more into her life story. Um, there is a lot to say, but and we're going to do this in the fall. But I will say, sort of like Louisa May Alcott, she was a woman that just, like, made things happen. Mm-hmm. And um, she was quite scandalous. She was uh, divorced. She had many relationships, like with actors. Oh. Yeah. So that's always, it's always dicey. So she lived in, she moved in that circle, you know, like Mm -hmm. actors, writers, you know, people, socialites. Yeah. Um, She was very known for her like daring Victorian fashion. She wrote over 40 novels and plays. Okay. combined okay so we will do a side-by-side comparison and see who wrote more but i oh, they both wrote a lot that's so a bit also just thinking comparison to Austin and the bronzes that is like blowing their output just completely away it absolutely is and they were both famous in their time as well yeah so like both louisa may alcott and francis they're they, they're, they're writing they're you know they're famous they're making money from their work these are hardcore career writers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's just, I find that so weird, <laughs> extra weird. Like, why didn't their work survive? Or why don't we, you know, think about them the same way that we think about a lot of male authors, you know? Why are we just single, you know, singling them out for one book? And those those books, Secret Garden and Little Women, are regarded as children's books. So... <laughs> Little Women yeah. is a children's book. The The thing is there is that I don't think there's a problem with saying that something is a children's book if it's written for children and that's the intention. The issue is when you say that ch- stuff that's written for children is less worthy than stuff that's written for adults. That's true. That's very true. I think um, it's just why are we me- maybe now just remembering them for children's books and just disregarding their entire d- adult career? I guess, but Alcott, Alcott is definitely predominantly a children's writer as opposed um, to an adult writer. I, I would say, although she kind of didn't care for that, right? It's where the money was. It's just where the money was. It's yeah. where the money was, so. 
So that, Francis, that's what the output was. Francis was all over the place. Um, and that I didn't really realize until recently because The Secret Garden and A Little Princess are children's classics. Yeah. But um, she has plenty of other material for us to cover. We were really going back and forth over which book we were going to choose for this podcast. Um, we went to Persephone and we're sort of back and forth, back and forth. We ended up choosing The Shuttle, which was written in 1907. Mm-hmm. And it's about a wealthy American heiress marrying into British nobility. So you guys know, you, a lot of you guys are fans of Downton Abbey. This was a thing. Um, we ended up going with this partially because Hannah has that master's in transnational writing. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> and we think it'll be a good example for you to sort of, you know, use that, use that masters. Let's, uh, it's funny. Cause when we were in Persephone, I did pick it up and I was reading the description and I was like, Oh, this book sounds great. And then you're like, yeah, it's Francis. What's her name? And I was like, Oh, who's that? <laughs> and you're like, Hannah, that's who wrote secret garden. And I was like, Oh, really? This is a book for grownups. <laughs> <laughs> So I'd like so it, I'd set my mind that was the book that I wanted to buy at the shop without even knowing who it was by or that we'd had any discussion about yeah. their work. So I think that's like a sign from heaven. It really is. Like it really happened naturally and I just feel like Alcott and Burnett are just they fit together so well. Yeah, I'm excited to kind of dig into this stuff because it isn't something that I haven't I haven't looked at either, like, any of these books or any of their texts or any of their work mm-hmm. um, in a critical or like academic setting. Like mm-hmm. it's just been reading for pleasure. Whereas uh, with Austin, like I did look at her stuff at school a little bit and like I've worked there. So it's just it's going to be like the Bronte's, but but more. Yeah. Like more of it. Yeah, it's going to be a, a nice sort of it'll be a nice change of pace for both of us as well. Yeah. Um. I should say both of these books you can uh, get on Kindle, I think, for free, too, or like for 99 cents if you guys want to read along with us. Um, For Louisa May Alcott, there will be an official sort of read along. So not like the tenant read along, which we're doing now, but we will do a week by week breakdown of the material, Um, which I actually don't think will take us too long because I don't think Eight Cousins is that long. So I think it's going to be over the course of three episodes. It's a chunk, but it's an easy read. It's a joy. It isn't, there's no, there's, well, I was about to say there's no politics, but actually I think there's some gender politics. Excellent. Perfect. It's good. It's a good book, guys. I'm very excited. Um, I have not read it. I had not actually even heard of it until you like brought it up to me (laughs) last year. So I'm like super excited. And then um, the shuttle, you can also, yeah, you can get that on Kindle or you can order it from Persephone if you'd like to get a pretty gray cover. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, and you have plenty of time on on that one. (laughs) We're going to be reading that in the fall. And uh, I should say you you have plenty of time for May, but then I just like looked at the date and I'm like, God, it's the middle of March already. Yeah. (laughs) Time, where does it go? Now, speaking of time, where does it go? Our first ever big proper meetup is coming. It's yes. approaching. We will be at the Kentucky Jane Austen Festival. So I've got some information. So if any of you are planning to come or you're interested in checking it out, the website is 
jasnalouisville.com, mm-hmm. which is J-S. Do I need to spell it? Sure, why not? J-A-S-N-A-L-Ouisville.com. <laughs> L-Ouisville. L-Ouisville. Uh, the tickets for the event will go on sale on June 6th. That's for the whole festival. Not We're not ticketing hanging out with us. That would be crazy no. and weird. Um, but I will sing Wuthering Heights to you if you buy me a drink. So there you go. It's a ticket in a way. Uh, we will be attending Sarah Rose Kern's adaptation of Persuasion on the Friday night. Sarah is uh, a listener of the show and kind of lurks in the Facebook group. So some of you will know her. We're doing a tea on Saturday and the ball on Saturday. And then on Sunday, we'll be having a very chill breakfast meetup. So you're welcome to come and say hi at all of those or just one or two or, you know, throw us a high five. Teresa, yeah. Well, welcome. Yeah, it'll be great. Um, I'm really excited to be in the heat. Uh, <laughs> I know you're not going to be able to take it. I'm going to cry. I didn't enjoy Chicago last summer. British uh, people just, oh man, I love, I love you. I love you all, but you can't handle the heat. It never gets that hot here. <laughs> I know. That's why I want to move there. Um, yeah, it's going to be pretty warm, but there will be air conditioned like tents and in like, obviously, like I think the ball and everything will be in air conditioned spaces. So you'll be okay. You'll be okay. (laughs) I promise. Um, I'm very excited. I, yeah, this is like a full on event. We're taking a whole car full of like friends down there and we're meeting up with, um, some gals from our favorite Jane Austen book club down in Kentucky. So um, yeah, I think it's gonna be, it's gonna be a love fest. We're gonna have a great time. And um, if you guys are going or planning on going, just drop us a line. We'll have more details as far as timing and everything closer to the event. Um, One thing that you could do to support us and support the meetup and support the show is um, purchase a Team Austin t-shirt. Yeah. So, yeah, we have Team Austin t-shirts on the way. I think we basically just approved the final design today. Yes. So, um, yeah, that'd be cool if you guys were, like, wearing your t-shirts and then we could spot you in the crowd in Kentucky. That'd be great. And then we can play Who Wore It Best. No, that's yes. People never played that. <laughs> it was so horrible. <laughs> It definitely, I'll be the who wore it worst. I'll be like, look, look at you all, tuck it in, sort those <laughs> shoulders out. You think you're Team Austin? You're letting us down. And then someone will go, aren't, aren't you the one that said Team Bronte by accident? <laughs> My reign of terror will be over. It's true. So, um, yeah, I have to thank the lovely Emmy Rose for designing these shirts for us. Uh, Don't worry, guys, there will be a Team Bronte shirt on the way. So going to work on that next. Very excited. Um, But yeah, if you guys would like to purchase um, a shirt, they will be available starting in um, April. They're going to be available via Bonfire. So Bonfire, you just kind of like sell them for a short amount of time. We wanted to go this route because um, we have a lot on our plates and also like making the shirts and like shipping them out to you personally. is just kind of a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so we picked a service where you can just go, you can order a shirt. They will send them to you. They will ship internationally as well. 
Um, and yeah, it'll just be for like a three week period. And then if it does well, we might just like run another campaign for shirts later on. Um, proceeds from the shirt, the shirt sales will go uh, partially towards Emmy. We've given her a small fee, but we'd like to give her more money for the shirt design. And then also um, for our like our hosting this year. You know, we have a lot of expenses with the podcast. Okay. We travel. <laughs> Microphones. You know, stuff. Microphones. Yeah, that kind of stuff. So just help us with our costs a little bit. We also want to keep it like ad free and all that good stuff and not. Unless your Blue Apron, Casper mattress, Audible well, yes. or Squarespace. If you're any of the classic podcast advertisers, please let us know. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Harry's raises. <laughs> Hit me up. <laughs> so yeah, I'm very excited for Kentucky. Reach out to us, guys. If you're going to be there, you're thinking about being there. Um, we do also have a block of uh, hotel rooms, which I think we already have like enough people, <laughs> to be honest, to fill them. But we can look into like getting you know more and just looking into pricing and stuff like that, if that's something you guys are interested in. So reach out to us and let us know. So yeah, I think those are all of our announcements for season two. That's not true. Oh wait, there's one more. There is one more announcement, Lauren. There is one more announcement. Um, so if you've noticed this episode, I probably sound really out of breath. I feel out of breath. <laughs> <laughs> you've been running up that hill. Because I've been running up that hill. Let's okay. see, I I started my third trimester today. <laughs> so I am pregnant with a baby. And um, this means that after the baby is born, because this podcast is sort of family produced, <laughs> as you know. <laughs> homegrown. Well, homegrown. My husband does the editing. Um, at a certain point, we will be moving to three episodes per month. Now, we do have a quite a backlog that we're working through at the moment. Um, and some of them are kind of timely. So we will be having, you know, four episodes a month for a while. But then at a certain point, probably this summer, maybe around the festival. And after that baby is born and we're getting our lives together, we're going to be moving to the first three Wednesdays of the month. So, yeah. Sorry. One weekend <laughs> off a month. Gonna You're going to get one weekend off in a month. It's true. <laughs> Now, if you do want to send Lauren all of your congratulations, guess which of my favorite Austin characters she'll be naming the child after. Or, <laughs> I don't know. Send us patterns for knitted bonnets. Then you can find us, as always, on the internet. You can find us at Bonnets at Dawn on Twitter and on Instagram. You can email us, bonnetsatdawn at gmail.com. And you can come and join our ever-growing, ever-active Facebook group by searching Bonnets at Dawn. True story. Come and say hi. All right, guys. Thank you for joining us. And we will be back at you next week with our On the Road to Manchester episode um, from our trip in December. Thank you so much. Bye. I'm picking this up with like total eclipse of the heart and kiss from a rose. No. Yeah, man. Are you kidding?
I could never imagine someone doing a karaoke version of this. I feel like it's the last song I would ever pick. Oh, no, it's so good. You get, like, four people who, between them, have drunk, like, eight barrels of wine. <laughs> and it's a good time. And also, because when you karaoke, you can't actually hear yourself sing. And so you are just screaming. And I think this song really lends itself to just, like, a wail. Like, a very loud wail. 